Tell me, though, what's his technique? That last strike, it seems invincible. Hello, and welcome to Sons of the Dragon, the Immortal Lives podcast. My name is Connor McKenna. I'm Carl Stout. And today, we are covering Iron Fist number three, The Living Weapon versus The Atomic Man, and the title is The City's Not For Burning, which is probably the worst title the series has had to date. <laughs> That's because it takes place in England and they talk funny. Hey, hey, this city here, it's not for burning, mate. They, they talk a bit too funny in this comic, I think. Well, the one cop especially. Yeah. Who is getting the typical fish and chips because that's apparently all anybody eats in the in England. Yeah, that, that, I found that quite odd. <laughs> so so are we going to discuss the more people... Are we going dis- to discuss more people going on and on online how Iron Fish should be Asian? Nope. <laughs> We're just going to skip that all together. Yep. But we are going to... Uh, a showrunner got announced, which is quite good news. Yes. We have a showrunner. It's all coming together. Yep. So this came out February 1976, and nothing I could find was really happening. Eh. Neither could I. Yeah. Alright, so let's just start with the cover page. So, now, yep. I have to ask this, mm-hmm. because you are, I'm again, I'm looking in the original issue, Yep. and you are in the Super Deluxe Limited Edition Volume 2 Masterworks. Yep. Did they forget to color his bottom lip in your version also? Iron Fist bottom lip? Yep. Uh, I I don't think so. Now, are we talking about the cover, or are we talking about the first page? Because I'm talking about the first page. Ooh, um... Yeah, there's a bit... um, uh, I I think that might be deliberate, though. I'm not sure. Yeah, but his upper lip is colored. That's true. Yeah, no, it's not colored here. It's just the... And then he's got white teeth. And white bottom lip for some unknown reason. So that's a script. All right, back to the cover. I oh. love this cover. Oh yeah, it's I love great. this issue. I yeah. think I own more copies of this issue than all of my other stuff because I have multiple copies. Iron Fist has been my favorite forever. I'm 44 years old. If I saw an issue of Iron Fist and it was under five bucks, I usually grabbed it. Yeah. And and I'm not even joking. I think I have like eight copies of this issue. <laughs> It's a, and I it's just, a good issue. It's a power. It's it's got a powerful cover. It's got a lot of action going on. We have got a great like right cross slash uppercut thing kind of going while he's leaping through the air. Yeah. We actually have the artist and inker credited for the first time on a cover. Yep. And the cover's quite chaotic. Yep. Well. And we did find out that it looks like Gil Kane did many of the uncredited covers off of the premiere run. Yep. 
Now, obviously, I don't think Gil Kane carried over into this Iron Fist run, but it, they're not being drawn by John Byrne. He does pick them up later on, but so far, he has not done a cover, and this one is actually marked with Keith Pollard and a Jansen in 1975. Yeah. I wonder if that's uh, Afrin Klaus Jansen. I don't know, unfortunately. Hmm. So, yes, uh, so Misty is unconscious in the background, and the little girl screaming at all this madness going on, and there's this giant guy in a metal suit with a red mask with a wide-shaped yellow uh, hole thing, and, I, and he's firing his beams, and Iron Fist is leaping towards him, saying, you won't hurt that little girl, Ravager, not while Iron Fist is alive to stop you. And Ravager retorts, all right then, hero, you'll just have to die. And there's a, it looks like there's a big wreckage in the background, and there's lots of fire everywhere. And it's a yes. great cover. Really good cover. Fantastic cover, and the typical, I have to announce my superhero name while I'm kicking your butt. <laughs> oh, yeah. Every 70s cover. Goes hand in hand. All right, I'm trying to see if I can find out. Hold on. Mm-hmm. You are right. Klaus. Awesome. I found it on eBay. Uh, e uh, CGC originally did not do this with the when they were first um, hard-shelling their books, but their new thing, they've... It's not really new. They've been doing it for more than five years, but they've been out for more than 10, 12, is they, they put a little bit of information on the, the, the top thing, and that's what I actually did. I looked up Iron Fist CGC book, and I actually had to look at five different ones before I found one of the newer ones that listed the fact that it was uh, Klaus and Keith on the cover. Okay. That is cool. Yeah. But I am not paying... $140 plus $15 in shipping for a 9.4. <laughs> wow. It, it, I got um that for the man who has everything, that 9.6. I only got that for, in American dollars, it probably cost me, I think it was 150 all up. So that's Oof. actually cheaper than this obscure issue of Iron Fist. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a freaking Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons comic. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh yeah, some it's CGC is a whole weird game. The whole, you know, graded, hard shelled books. One month it can go for four hundred dollars, and you know, two months later you can pick it up for thirty five. Mm. So it's 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 a wave. I mean, you saw that I just picked up Marvel Premiere number seventeen and nine point six. I got that shipped to my house for forty seven dollars. I can go back and find auctions that that same book and that same rating ended for 180. Oh, wow. Hmm. So this this first page is really good, except for a couple of flaws. So it starts off with a plane flying into well Heathrow slash London Airport, and there's a soldier outside with a Humvee. And Iron Fist's 
face is covering the whole page, but it's uh, a bit transparent with only certain bits coloured. So, like, the his eyes are coloured and the bits around his eyes are coloured. Uh, his lower jaw is somewhat coloured, but the, as Carl pointed out before, his lower lip is coloured white. So, when I looked closely at it, I thought he had three sets of teeth. <laughs> so, it's quite jarring. All right, let's go with the jarring mistakes here, other than that inking or colouring thing. Uh, what else do you see here as a mistake? I mean, that Welcome to Heathrow London Airport is sign is just awful, but that's probably well, yeah. not a mistake. <laughs> um, <laughs> what else is a... The soldier, look at the soldier. I'm not... Oh, wait, his... Is it his helmet strap? Mm-mm. Oh, because that's way too high. <laughs> Looks yeah. like it's his, at his nose. Well, that, I think they were trying to go with the whole British soldier soldier thing where the strap actually rested underneath their bottom lip. It wasn't under their chin. Oh, okay. Um, I, I can't. You have to tell because, me. Because remember, John Byrne actually is British. Yeah. Why in God's name would a soldier, for one, guarding an airport, yeah, that have, is... his, have his baton on? Or not his baton, his bayonet, rather. Yeah. Bayonets usually weren't strapped to the front of your gun unless you were either out of bullets, because then you were basically you were making yourself a spear. Yep. Or you were going into close quarter combat where not only could you be firing your gun, but the person could be two feet away from you. Yep. So you could also stab him. Something, someone on patrol of a fence would not have brandished. I just assumed they were going for flavor, really. Like, look, we're in a different country. <laughs> so the, the paragraph at the top is the same? Yep, they there, kept that the same. There's a couple of text boxes. You are Ironfist and you have come to London to save the life of a friend. You may also have come here to die. And Ironfist's facial expression is quite angry, yet determined, if we ignore the three sets of teeth. And Chris Claremont is, again, the author. John Burns, the artist. F... Oh, man. Chiramonte! Uh, is the inker. Dave Hunt is the letterer. Don Warfield is the colorist. Marv Wolfman is the editor. Marv! Yay! So, on to the next couple of pages. All right, we get a shot at the uh, crew of the airplane, and by that I mean pilot and co-pilot. Yep. Uh, they give us a quick description of who they are, what their home life is, <laughs> yep. um, how long the co-pilot will be in the hospital before she recovers, and then they're pretty much screaming that they can't see. There's a beam, my eyes, my eyes, and in an instant it's over. The beam of blue-white slices across the 747's landing gear slagging. If anyone doesn't know what that term means, it's when in welding, it's when metal actually almost turns to liquid in puddles. Slagging titanium steel in an instant. And I want everyone to think about what that is. This beam that just hit this plane just turned titanium to slag. And it's very important for some stuff that goes down later. Also, it uh, mentions that the pilot will never see his family again, so he dies in the crash. Yes. Yeah. And the giant airliner stumbles, falls, and dies. And that 
that panel where the airliner crashes is really good. I thought, and it's and it's very reminiscent of kind of what's going on in the back of the cover. Yeah, at the back page of the cover, the back of the action that's yeah, being yeah. placed on the cover. And then we go inside the plane, where one guy is apparently still sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> or he just, you know, went in his pants. Yeah. That expression could be one of either ways. Could be indigestion as well. <laughs> there, of course, is chaos going on inside. And... uh your favorite person decides to take charge of the situation. That favorite person being Missy Knight. Knight. Oh, she's doing <laughs> she's doing well so far. Let's see how she goes for the rest of the issue. <laughs> Dropping more lines straight out of Spider-Man, calling there's, him Tiger. There's no good book, at least. <laughs> yes, there is no mention of the good book in this issue. But but Tiger, no no good book and no bub. But we do have Tiger still. Yeah. Colleen's not here, so we can't have any first-run Wolverine lines. Yeah. <laughs> there should be a what if. What if Colleen Wing actually was Wolverine? <laughs> Why does it have to be what if? <laughs> that is true. Wolverine's a female now. It could be Colleen Wing. Logan is actually a male clone of Colleen Wing. He just doesn't know it. Wow. That would be... They'd probably be like they would make more sense than some of the other twists in Wolverine's stories. But why does he have to be white? Oh my god! <laughs> At least Canadian, they're pretty white, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. Here's another thing I don't understand: um, the airplane is Canadian Air. Hmm. Uh, why did they go from New York to Canada to fly to Europe? Well, maybe they just took a Canadian airline cause the, from the New York airport because, well, there were cheap tickets. Oh, John Byrne hates Canadians. Does he? I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, it's sad that I thought that that might have been true. <laughs> John Byrne probably hates a lot of people. Oh, yeah. It's mutual. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of second-person narrating going on. So let's we'll, we'll be on here. Colleen takes control of the situation, Misty. saying, "I mean, Misty takes control of the situation, saying we're in trouble. This went down hard. There could be gas and fuel everywhere. We've got to get out before this thing becomes a bomb." And then she pretty much, instead of opening the emergency door, all right. So in, instead of Colleen opening the emergency exit Misty. door, they Misty Sorry. opening the emergency exit door, she punches through the glass and it's it's commented on the window is double layered plastic supposedly unbreakable yet misty knight shatters it with one blow now this is questionable i mean it's an emergency exit for a reason you pull the handle do you want to drag a kid through shattered glass again it doesn't make sense and and then i realize what they're trying to do they're trying to establish the fact that yeah. We all know what it is because this book's almost 40 years old. But they're trying to establish that Misty Knight has a robot arm. And even in the book, Danny doesn't know this yet. So yep. this is what they're trying to do. They're just, again, doing it kind of poorly. Yeah. So, of course, shortly after she does this and Iron Fist does notice 
what just happened, the fuel does in fact ignite. The little girl who's with them on the plane starts screaming that it's burning me. Stop the hurting. Or not Colleen, again, I said Colleen. Misty scoops her up, and all of a sudden now the the hole that she punched is like door-sized. Yeah. They're running out of the plane, and Iron Fist decides, or Danny decides, my clothes are smoldering, I need to get rid of them, and I can't help these people. (laughs) Another thing I don't understand here, I can't help these people, but Iron Fist can. They're just trying to force that whole dual identity thing, and it's pretty obvious, considering it's not really consistent with the character. And and as we discussed before, obviously... The, the collar. collar is popping. Yeah, it just... As soon as he takes the jacket off, it goes boing and just pops up. So his his collar is now in place. He's in full outfit. He I gotta goes out... say, I really love the description um, of the plane crash. How he's describing people uh, as they're turned into rag dolls getting shredded apart. <laughs> it sets quite the scene, I think. So he jumps from the burning plane. We see... Misty Knight is, like, knocked out or something on the ground, smoldering with the little girl underneath her. And there in front of Danny is another robot-type Iron Man person. Obviously the same person from the cover. Yeah. Stand where you are, fool, or I'll burn you down as easily as I did the woman. The Ravagers. Come too far, paid too high a price to be stopped now by anyone. And then, of course, he's like, oh, you've told me your name. Now I must tell you my name. (laughs) (laughs) Perhaps so, Butcher, but you will not be, you will be stopped, and Iron Fist will be the one to stop you. And they fought. Big time. Yeah, uh, uh, this Ravager guy immediately fires at him with the lasers and Iron Fist dodges. And there's the Iron Fist grabs a piece of wreckage and uses it as an improvised spear. And pretty much, as we're describing this, there is second person narration for like this entire issue. We'll, we'll, we'll. The best part about this is that he's using it as subterfuge. He's picking up a piece of wreckage and throwing it at the face of Ravager. Yeah. And as it's flying towards him and he's trying to deal with it he is running side by side with the piece. Yeah. So as he finally dispatches the piece by blowing it up or whatever, Iron Fist is already on top of him. Yeah. So that was a, that was a nice change instead of the whole, we'll just trade random blows back and forth crap that we've gotten used to in the previous so many issues. And it it brings it back to the very, very early issues where he's a smarter fighter. Yes. So he's on top of him. He gets him down. As he's getting him, da- as he's battling and, and getting him down, even though he, he even admits that he doesn't even think he's hurting this guy, Misty Knight is waking up, and Ravenger throws another large piece of plane at Iron Fist. Iron Fist does manage to block it, but it does hit him. It's a glancing blow, but it does hit him, and it, and is it a, stuns yeah. him. And it is a giant piece of plane wreckage, so it's understandable. And so Ravenger's running his mouth, of course, saying, well, now that you're stunned, you're going to pay the price. And Misty Knight is running up behind him. 
and then she grabs actually a hold of him and gets both arms behind him and pins him, which again is commented that this is something that she should not be able to do. How can she possibly do that? Oh. And she unfortunately doesn't do it for long because he backslams her into some wreckage, which dig into her back, causing her pretty much to let go. Ravager then spins around and throws an energy blast at her, the same type of energy blast that slagged titanium and blew the wheels off the airplane. Can I... She... Sorry, can I point out that she says this is 1975, Bright Eyes, anything's possible? <laughs> and uh, he throws the blast at her, which she blocks with her right arm. And... Zam! Then Iron Fist delivers a thunder punch um, to his spine. And then and there's then... a very interesting reverse backwards under their chin judo throw over top of him. I mean, that would break someone's neck if he wasn't yes. a giant radioactive robot person anyway. Yes, that is, that's not something you ever want to do in a fight to anybody. Kids, cause... don't try this at home. Somebody would wind up in the hospital, and Especially the if you other crash person a plane. would be sued. And then what's funny is Ravenger even makes fun of the fact that you just tried a fancy judo move on me, and it didn't work. Now here's a double-handed blast that's going to move your head to the back of your shoulder blades for a second. <laughs> yeah, that's a nasty blast. It's a cam. With a completely impossible position that Iron Fist is now in. Yeah. And that again stuns him, and then Ravenger walks over, picks him up over his head, because when you have blasts that can melt metal, you want a finishing move that requires you just to pick someone up and throw them first. Well, so you don't you don't break his back; you just throw him. Well, he's not Bane. Are you sure? <laughs> he looks like. Yes, he's not a Spanish conquistador. No, he's just a. Oh no! All right, let's continue. So he throws Iron Fist, then gets away. Iron Fist wakes up just in time to see Ravenger like running away with a barrel of nuclear waste or something tucked under his left arm, like and a he's football continuing player. Continuing to fire as he's things. blasting away police cars and whatnot as he escapes, and then he runs over to Misty and the girl who is like, "Oh, she's not breathing. She's trapped." So he's moving the wreckage that Misty is trapped under, and then Heart of the Dragon, <laughs> moving, moving some of the wreckage expo expo ugh, exposes Misty's robotic arm, which now has all its fake flesh covering blown off of it, and it's clear as day. She's a cyborg. Dun, dun, dun. So now it all makes sense on what she could do. Yeah, and then we have Iron Fist being alerted to the presence of the police, and they're coming to him, so he decides to escape using his ninja training and bad artwork. Pulling the ninja move. Yeah, the the artwork looks a bit wonky here. <laughs> there, again, is a couple panels in this book that I don't think Byrne did. Yeah, and his color changes as well. In, um, now look, I'm not going to focus on that. That's just too many. There are right, a bad couple we... of panels, is what I'll say. Yeah, but they're tiny panels, so we'll yeah, exactly. 
So now we go back to the hospital where he's put his smoldering clothes apparently back on because apparently his luggage survived. And he's waiting in the hospital. He's been patched up as Daniel Rand, not as Iron Fist. And he runs into the little girl now who is very upset that they make are making her sleepy because they need to operate on her. And she'll miss it all. I want, I want to have them open me up and be conscious for it. And he's like, get well quick, okay? And then he's met by the doctor, Mr. Rand. Miss Knight's in my care. How is she, Doc? Well, she's going to be messed up for a couple weeks in her arm and all. You know, I'm not a robot specialist. Blah, blah, blah. You can see her. Oh, yep. brother. Mm. So Iron Fist walks in and... Gets an earful. <sighs> <laughs> Misty Lay's ultimate guilt trip on Danny in, in these two pages. Well, let, let's let's get the pleasantries. Like the, she's not laying into him straight away. She's going No, hey. not straight away. First, it's like, hey, what's going on? I'm going to be in here for a little while, which means you'll have to find Colleen on your own. Then Iron Fist mentions, uh, I'd like to go after the This is where it Ravager. goes bad. <laughs> Iron Fist mentions he'd like to go after the Ravager and stop him before he hurts any more people, which is a pretty legitimate Thing considering he just crashed the full airline, and right. now Misty goes nuts. Yep, just like that, huh? Uh, what happens to Colleen while you're off doing your superhero number, huh? You're just gonna let her rot? She needs you, man. She needs your help. These people need my help. Don't you understand, Misty? The Ravager can tear London apart, and there's not a man here who can stop him. But I can. Well, unless Spider-Man's have... in London, but I don't think he is at this point, so... Well, where's Captain Britain? What the hell? Captain Britain's useless. He's in some other part of Britain, I guess. <laughs> you can take the hate mail for that one, mister. <laughs> I didn't mean it. I haven't read any Captain Britain. I'm sorry. Don't. It's actually good stuff. <laughs> yeah? Yes. I have skills, abilities, powers that no one else here has. And with... With great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> Did he say that? Uh, with those powers oh. comes a responsibility. Well, he's so wrong. Pretty much same thing. And Colleen goes down the tubes, huh? You owe her, Danny, her and her father both, more than you can ever repay. A debt, man, and you pay your debts in full. Once they're paid, then you can save the world. You got that, Danny? Uh, yeah, I'll see you later, Misty. I like how she's guilt tripping him and you know oh you're selfish and stuff and it's like well he's he's putting his own friend his own needs aside so he can help people he doesn't even know and he's getting lectured for that this is what he has to deal with what this is misty night people enjoy <laughs> that's not right <laughs> alright not saviour that's a bit but, so he's yeah. brewing this over as he's walking down the hallway in the hospital and seeing all the people that pretty much were messed up near death or died in the airplane crash that Ravager caused. And then to top it all off, a nurse comes out of the elevator saying, one more for the morgue, Harry. And he goes, oh, God, no, not her, not her. Doctor, the little girl, is she? Yeah, we lost her on the table. Afraid, afraid. Poor little tyke, she never really had a chance. Was she a friend of yours? No, I didn't even know her name. This panel's odd. That comes up after. 
where he goes, I know the man who killed her and I'm going to stop him or die trying. His face looks strange. Yeah, a bit. Just the hair. But, you know, um, and some of these panels seem, they don't seem like, in fact, I don't think anything in this page is John Byrne. Uh, some of the faces across the top, I think, are his. Yeah? Okay. Um, but so... then he's leaving the hospital, and the press is there interviewing somebody from Scotland Yard, and he, of course, whips out a picture of Iron Fist, saying he's wanted. Yeah. And they, Scotland Yard wants him dead or alive, because for some reason they saw Iron Fist fighting the Ravager, but they assume they're working together. This is some J. Jonah Jameson logic. So, oh, yeah. Jameson's a... the logic of the time period, I think. Yeah. And so, Iron Fist is very angry. And he's marching out of the hospital to stop the Ravager. He's made up his mind. Well, his mind was made up a while ago, but... Yeah, so he's on the hunt. So he goes back to the crash with a, either a fresh costume or a freshly mended costume. Because, mm-hmm. of course, now it's perfect condition again. And he's looking around, trying to find a trail, realizes there's nothing there, and then, doo-doo-doo, one, pa- one panel flashback to Lucane the Conqueror telling him to learn the art of tracking. He must learn to the trained eye, nothing is invisible, no trail impossible to find. And I'm going to say this is a little bit of a superpower, because I don't care how good your eyesight is, you're not going to be able to find radioactive footprints, which Iron Fist can now see. Hey, so man. because of this, he's able to track the Ravenger. Never of course, forget he's Shangri-La. seen by the police officer again, who now has a handgun. Or not the police officer, but one of the army guys who has a handgun, tells him to hop, stop, and Danny disappears like a ninja once I again. i got to correct you, by the way. Um, it's Lekunga Thunderer, not Lekang the Conqueror. I'm not being mean, but I know there's fans who are probably tearing their hair out right now, going, it's not... Blue Gang, that's Mortal Kombat. Sorry, I'm losing my mind here because my <laughs> wife came home and all three kids are running around like psychopaths and I'm hitting the mute button every time I stop talking. I did notice that, actually. Like, right now. <laughs> so, yep. there's a good there's a good um, panel. Uh, oh, yeah, actually, I'll go back to where Carl left off. Uh, one of them, what looks like the military police or just military um he asks Iron Fist to halt or all fire, but Iron Fist just disappears like Batman. And now there's a great panel on the next page, the first panel, where Iron Fist is following the trail. And he's following these radioactive footprints. And on the top right, it has him looking off into the distance, and the bottom left, it just has his eyes staring. Let's be honest, this is very Scooby-Doo. And it's... Hey, there's nothing wrong with Scooby-Doo. No, but it's it's totally Fred. Scooby-Doo. Fred, he's wrong with Scooby-Doo. But other than that... Um... Fred is just closeted, that's all. <laughs> so he's having... Like, he says it tests even his tracking skills, but he eventually follows the trail until it leads him to the general post office tower. Yes, because if you're a supervillain, you're going to hide in the post office. And Iron Fist mentions it's odd to hide there, but then again, is it? Because it's the place that you wouldn't think a supervillain would hide. Dun-dun. 
And so Iron Fist finds the front door is locked. He expects no less, so he just essentially does a palm strike or a heel palm thrust with the lock using minimal force. And for some reason he assumes it's empty, yet there's a, a overly British cop in there going oh, on. No, I don't think he's in it. I think he's right next door. Oh, okay. Because in the next panel we see Danny now walking through the doorway with the cop is behind him on the street. Yep. So, uh, oh, hey, more George, you hear that? Uh, keep me fish and chips warm, love. I'll be right back. Crikey, it's that iron fish bloke. Right here on the air, eh? Well, whatever. It is, he ain't getting away with it. Scotland Yard will see to that, eh? I'm going to have to say, leave the colonial accent, accents to me next time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I might not be adept, but that was terrible. <laughs> Yeah, didn't you live over there for a short period of time? I lived in Ireland, um, so no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not in any way related to England because if I said that, my grand would have a heart attack. So, but he's out of the will. <laughs> so the Iron Fist is climbing up this huge spiral staircase, and uh, it says he takes the emergency stairs because after his assault on the Meacham Building, he's had little faith in elevators, and it has a little. Star note, a little note there, footnote saying, in Marvel Premiere 16, Marv. Now, I mean, the stairs weren't safe in the Meacham building right. either. Does it say 16 in yours? Cause it's 17, says 17, sorry. My bad. My bad, it's 17. But I mean, nothing was safe in that building. <laughs> nothing at all, except for that back door. No, that no, the, especially the stairs. The stairs even tried to kill him. Well, the stairs blew up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just exploding stairs. That was amazing. All right, now so he now finds he leads he leads follows the trail to a steel reinforced door, and it's on a disused storage level, and the trail ends there. And this time he is forced to use a thunder kick to bust open the enforced real rear uh, the enforced steel door, which is pretty so, impressive. So now we've gone from a simple palm strike blowing out the lock of a front door of a major building. And this is the post office with a lot of important paperwork inside, so it's not like they got cheap locks. Yeah. And now we have him throwing an actual normal kick. None of this stuff has been super-powered to take down a steel-reinforced door. Yeah. So he bursts open the door and he goes, Ravager! And Ravager looks startled, I think, and his body language shows that he's startled. Yes. What, you again? He's come too far to brook interference for everyone, from anyone, especially you meddling kids. And Sarak. Yeah. Is Iron Fist going to unmask him at the end and go, oh, it's old Mr. Green who runs the amusement park. He's going to have to unmask him twice. Yeah, that's true. Oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> so they're fighting. Only if you catch me, Ravager. So he's jumping around through the scaffolding ceiling and... Yeah, he's leaping around like... Dead of firing him. at him. Exactly, you're correct. Mm. I'm just firing beams, and he's at him, and he's like, I'll get you sooner or later, and I'll cut you in two. And Iron Fist lands on his head, and does a double pseudo, uh, sorry, a double chop sort of strike to his neck, and Ravager topples down, but he's far from out. Uh, he's right back up, and he's like, normally that attack would have killed a man but his body armor merely blunted its force. 
So the Ravager doesn't have any martial technique Iron Fist comments, but he just has incredible power backed by incredible fury. So it's the old football player versus martial artist. The football player's always going to win, kids. Because they're big, they're angry, and they're probably on steroids. (laughs) (laughs) So testicles are the size of raisins. Oh my god. (laughs) So Iron Fist delivers uh, a double smashing a double hammer blow to both of his wrists and he shatters the wrist casing. Right, basically the mechanisms that have been firing the blasts from his hands Iron Fist smashes. Yep, and that is causing some instability. You fool, what have you done? Ravager is freaking out. Without my wrist beams, my power has no safety valve. It'll begin building up to overload. Curse you, curse you, Iron Fist. Your stupid heroics have destroyed the work of a lifetime, and they're destroying me. And we have and a now... good panel up here. Yep, and now he's glowing. Although Ravager does look quite a bit bigger than he usually does. But maybe that's he's glowing just glowing and growing. Yep, and, and now and... Iron Fist activates the Iron Fist. Gather his will, his chi, and focus it into your right hand until that hand begins to smolder, to glow, until it becomes like unto a thing of iron, and then you now, strike. Are, are we going to discuss that uh, Danny's kind of doing the whole thumb across the chin, Bruce Lee move in that top panel? Um, oh yeah, he is a bit. <laughs> I guess when I first arrived, Sandy was just rubbing his face because he was bleeding or something, I don't know, but I think you're right. So he charges up his fist and he lands the strike dead center, sternum of Ravager. Chakao! And now Ravager's armor is coming undone a bit, and Ravager is uh, monologuing about how Iron Fist's super punch has essentially ruined everything. His power is going out of control, like, you know. So he takes off his costume. And he goes, Which now apparently appears to be out of fabric. At least his mask does. Yeah. Now you, Iron Fist, the Ravager, that Ravager is no more. In his place stands power incarnate. The power of the raging atom. The power of Radon, the atomic man. Okay, you do this one. Mm, <laughs> um... No, you keep going. (laughs) (laughs) This is John Shiva, BBC News, reporting from the GPO Tower. The police have cordoned off the area, and the first reports indicate that Iron Fist and the Ravager are uh, fighting somewhere in the building's upper levels. And then we cut to Misty in her hospital bed. You just had to do it, didn't you, Danny? You had to play the hero. Well, I hope Colleen forgives you, hotshot, because I don't think I ever will. Wait, wait a moment. Something's happening up on the tower. It's, it's, oh my God. Danny, mm. no, dear Lord, Danny. Dear Lord in heaven, the tower's blown up. <laughs> you are Iron Fist and you have unwittingly, unconsciously sown the wind. Now you are reaping the whirlwind and you may have paid for that mistake with your life. And now we have a interesting shot of this 
peculiar looking tower that we didn't mention how weird it's looking in the place. It's just very weird. It looks like a yeah. turbine or something. And the entire top left side of it is completely blowing out. It's a great page looked, though. And with a baroom and next issue Holocaust. Yep. So it's a great last panel to finish it off. Yep, good explosion of a building. Yep. Explosions and... are always good. So what did you think of that issue? Uh, other than the other than the Misty Night guilt trip, I thought it was a good issue. Well, the Misty Night guilt trip is an indication of the problem with the issue. It's an indication of the problem with Misty Night. <laughs> I think they're just trying to establish her as a strong female character with her own opinion. And she's coming off as really dumb as a result. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. You just will never like her, just admit it. Well, this issue didn't do her any favours. <laughs> <laughs> I don't begrudge anyone who likes her, by the way. I just don't. I'm just really not a Misty Knight fan. Um, I, I really like Colleen, though. Colleen's great. Colleen's mm. good also as a backup character. So, I I really like this issue as well. It was very intense, full of action, full of, you know, uh, Iron Fist is very determined. It didn't feel lazy well, at all. No, mm. lots of action, lots of fighting, lots of, uh, I'm going to say, like, power development. We saw, like, ninja abilities, um, odd tracking, radar, radiation vision, uh, him taking out steel locks and steel doors with just normal force, which just proves yeah. his his power level before even needing the use of the Iron Fist, uh, which I always think is good. Uh, yeah. I think for many, many, many years, none of that stuff was touched upon in, mm. in later issues. It was literally, he's a guy who can kind of fight, but then when the poo hits the fan, he pulls out the iron fist and saves it all. Exactly. Where I yeah. like the fact that we're seeing that. I mean, they fixed that. They've definitely fixed that now in the present stuff. But I like to see. I like that we're seeing that he's got a whole bag of tricks. Yeah. He's he's you know he's trained for ten straight years every day of his life. You know, ten plus hours a day was all training. Yeah. And he's he's more he's he's pretty much an organic machine. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was a it was a great issue, and yeah, I love the I love when he doesn't use the Iron Fist like back in Marvel Premiere seventeen when he just used a sword hand to shear through an elevator, which is mm-hmm. <laughs> crazy. So yeah, I guess we'll um wrap up then. Yeah, read that five pages worth of stuff you still haven't recorded. Yeah. <laughs> So, you can find us um, on Facebook, The Immortal Iron Fist Podcast, Sons of the Dragon. We're on Twitter, at Iron Fist Podcast. We are on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com forward slash Sons of the Dragon Podcast. Uh, hyphens between all the spaces. Actually, no, just soundcloud.com forward slash Sons of the Dragon with hyphens between spaces, sorry. And we're also on WordPress, Sons of the Dragon, The Immortal Iron Fist Podcast at WordPress. Dot, uh, dot wordpress.com sorry it's uh one of those mornings <laughs> um and we are also on itunes for your rate us on itunes for me yeah if if it's 
if you rate us less than five stars on iTunes, please let us know why, and we'll improve on, we'll try and improve on whatever it is that we're not doing that great. You can, uh, we're also on Podcast Garden in the literature section, and we're on YouTube, so if you just YouTube Iron Fist Podcast, you'll find us really quickly. Connor Carl. Yeah, and finally, but definitely not least, we are on, we have an email, Sons of the Dragon Podcast at gmail.com. So feel free to email us there, any questions, feedback, or what you thought of the issue, or any cool stories, fan art, whatever, just send us an email. And yeah, we we're not we are not planning on doing a lot of the offshoot issues and guest appearances that Iron Fist has made throughout the forty years that he's been out. Yeah. However, if you would like us to cover an issue, like if you want us to cover, you know, the weird two issues and defenders that he showed up with, you yeah, know, to help out, let us know. And if if you want it, we'll do it. I mean, we're here for you guys. It's not just for us. It's like we want to let all of you know this is one of our favorite characters. This is how we feel about it. Yeah. But we're more than willing to go off track of the normal stuff we have already planned. Definitely. And all characters, Iron Fist, all other characters are property of Marvel. Any music, images, whatever we use, this is non-for-profit. Sorry, and Disney. Sorry, I forgot about Disney. Um, this is non-profit, so please don't sue us. We don't have any money anyway. And yes, until next week, may your fists become unto things of iron, so you may stop that pesky radioactive man under your bed. Yes. And when Disney finally buys DC, the Batman Iron Fist Brave and the Bold comic book is going to be the best thing ever. <laughs> mm. Peace. Peace.